Hey, we hope you're having a great day, and we just want to welcome you to our podcast together at Metro Fellowship. Our vision and our mission is all together now. We are a dynamic church in DeSoto, Texas, on the outskirts of Dallas. We'd love for you to stop by sometime. You can find out more about our church at www.metrosouthwind.org. So let's get ready to hear the word today. Today's podcast is called Days of Promises Fulfilled. Pastor Gene is teaching today, and we hope you enjoy this great message. Fan the flames within my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all the words that's been spoken, the prayers that were prayed, the worship that's gone forth. Father, our hearts have just been opened up. So, Father, we want you to heal those open places even now. Our hearts have been opened up through pain, through divisiveness, through hurts, division. But now you're opening our hearts up to fill them with your love. Because you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Father, we just open our hearts to you right now. Can we raise our hands wherever you're at right now? Just raise your hands. You raise your hands as a defenseless person saying, yes, Lord, I give my whole self to you today. Whatever you want with me, that's what I want. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, this is Pentecost Sunday. It's the time of Pentecost, the time and the season. The Lord told us in his word that he had three feasts that he wanted us to never forget. He wants us to celebrate them. The first is the Feast of Tabernacles. That's the celebration of ending 430 years of bondage in Egypt for the children of God. When God miraculously took them out of that bondage, that slavery, they were slaves. Can we turn the the monitors off, please? They were in slavery 430 years. They got up when the sun come up in the morning went to work making bricks for people that they did not, they were not a part of. It wasn't their family. It's who they had submitted themselves and they become slaves. 
And they made those bricks all day long until the sun went down every day, seven days a week. This was the children of God as they were in bondage. But God miraculously brought them out. I won't go through all of the things that it took to get them out, but he got them out. Sometimes we've been in slavery for a long time, whether we call it that or not. When we let things tell us what to do and when to do them, it's usually called addictions, and we become slaves to those things. There's all kinds of slavery. But God set, sets us free. He set the children of Israel free. They left, headed for the Red Sea. Didn't know how they were going to get through the Red Sea, but you know the story how God miraculously parted the Red Sea for them. And how he miraculously let the Red Sea come back together when they got through it. Where it drowned the, the Egyptian army that was coming after them. But God says, I, I want you to never forget that. And so I want you to have a feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. A couple of years ago, we were fortunate to get to go to Israel at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles in the month of October. And it was a, a, a wonderful thing to see all of the homes with little tents out behind the homes and everybody out in the tent instead of the home. With an opening in the top so they could see the stars in the sky and they could remember how God had brought them all these many years before, some 4,000 years before. They, how he could remember how God brought them out of the land of bondage and into the land of freedom. And he says, I, I don't want you to ever forget the exit, the time when you come out. And so they do that every year. He said, I also don't want you to forget Passover. Passover, is it, it, we just went through that about seven weeks ago where we celebrated the days of Passover. That happens to be the time that before they exited where they were in Egypt and God told them to put the blood on the doorpost of their house. And they did that. And that night when the death angel come through as one of the plagues, all of the, de all of the boy babies were, were, were killed, the firstborn. But because the children of Israel had celebrated the first Passover and they put the blood of the lamb on their heart, that when the death angel came, he passed over their house. We, have, we, ha we can celebrate that even today. It doesn't have to be on the time of Passover. Even though we set aside days to celebrate the Passover. But if we take the blood of the Lamb of God, the one that was slain for the sins of the whole world, and we put it on the doorpost of our heart, and we confess that we were sinners, but that Jesus now is the Lord of our life. We get that release from the past, and we forever remember those times, just as Charmella was telling you the time when she first put the blood on the doorpost of her heart. It's wonderful and powerful what happens when we put the blood on, our, on the doorpost of our heart. So forever we'll celebrate Passover. The third feast that the Lord 
told us that he wanted us to celebrate was the Feast of Pentecost. You can count seven weeks from the time of Passover, and that is when Pentecost began. It's, a, it's, a, it's not just a one-day feast, but it, but it begins and it ends on the day that we're in today, the 50th day. Pente means 50. 50, 50 days after the Passover, every year we celebrate Pentecost. There's a lot of wonderful things that happened on Pentecost. The, one of the first things that happened was Moses as he was leading the children of Israel and led them over the Red Sea, as we said a while ago, and through the, supposedly to the promised land. See, God's got promises for us that we've never received yet, but he wants to give them to us. He wants to open up his blessings even today to us. But Moses was leading them, and the Lord says, I want you to go up to the mountain. And he went up to the mountain. He says, I want you to put a fence around the mountain so that no one, not even animals, can come up on this mountain. He called him aside into a time of shelter in in the mountain with the Lord. He finally said, you can take Aaron, but don't take any of the other elders. Don't take anybody else. See, sometimes it's a time when we have times when we have to shelter in that it's a good time to get close to the Lord. It's a good time to visit your prayer closet and, and have those times with the Lord where you can begin to move, move, move in the Holy Spirit and good things will begin to happen. There was many things that happened up on that mountain. The, the fire came, the thunders came, the lightning came, and the voice of the Lord came. And, and the Torah, the, 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 the first five books of the Bible, was given to Moses on that mountain, plus the, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. All of those commandments. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All of those things was given right there on the mountain. That was during the first Pentecost. During that Pentecost, that celebration of the, of the Pentecost, the time of the Lord. I want to read you a prophetic reading out of second chapter of Joel. Second chapter of Joel I'm not going to start at the beginning, but it starts off with blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion. There's time. It's time for change. It's not just because this happens to be the, 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 the time that we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. But the time of change is when the Spirit comes in. But he says, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. And then over in the 28th verse of that same chapter and says it shall come to pass afterward. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You know, God's wanting to pour out his spirit. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the move of the Holy Spirit started even today? I'm talking about the move of the Holy Spirit that will touch the entire earth. It will touch it stronger than the virus touched it. It's powerful and wonderful when the Holy Spirit begins to, to fall. Whenever we say all flesh, he means all flesh, all flesh. Every person that walks on this earth, prophetically in the 25th chapter of Matthew, he's began, he says that when, when the message of the kingdom of God 
is shared to every person in every nation, then the end will come. It could come fast if the Holy Spirit began to move just right, which I believe it's about to do. He says, then I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And upon your men servants and upon your maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in these days and those days. And I will show wonders. What is a wonder? It's things that make you wonder. That's what a wonder is. Things that are different. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. I want you to remember that scripture. I want to tie it together in the actual happening of this. But whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, upon the remnants whom the Lord calls. Everyone has, when you get saved, you become a remnant in your family. You say, oh, I come from a Christian family and they're all saved. Well, I beg to differ with you. They might all call themselves saved, but they ain't all saved. I'm telling you, whenever you begin to see the fruit of the Spirit come forth from their life, then you know they're saved. And that's the way you know you're saved. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, and faithfulness. When that begins to come forth from your life, that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. Then we know that, that, that you're saved. You know, it's powerful. I want us to now turn to the book of Acts, the second chapter. And we read these scriptures quite often, but I want them to come alive to you in a new way. We're not going to spend much time here in the book of Acts because we want to get into the book of our, of our lives and to know exactly where we're at today. But this, this, the word says in the first chapter of the book of Acts, when the day of Pentecost, that's the day of Pentecost that we're celebrating today, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now let me stop right there and let's find out who actually was in that room. The Bible says Jesus came to 500 people during that time before the day of Pentecost. He invited them all into that room, but they didn't all go into that room. Sometimes we get invitations, but we don't take all the invitations. Sometimes we really do miss out when we don't take the invitation of the Lord. But they, there was 500 that he met with and talked with during that time. But only 120 accepted that, that, that invitation. By the way, the, oh, that 120 weren't just his disciples. It was his mother. She was there. And his disciples were there, except for Judas because of what he had just got involved in. See, sometimes you, 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 you take yourself out of invitations because of your activities. And God's wanting somebody that will love him with all his heart, his soul, his mind, and his strength. With everything within him. That's what he wants you to, how he wants you to love him. 
but there was that 120 there. But there was from many nations in that upper room. And I, I believe, and we don't have record of this exactly, but I believe they spoke different languages even as they was in that room. And they were in that room some seven to ten days. And it, as, we, as they stayed in that room, why were they in that room? Because Jesus had spoke to them. And out of our reading, out of Acts 1 and, 1 and 8, said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You will, and you'll be witnesses first here in Jerusalem, then to Judea and Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. I think that's where we're at, even from this, where this pulpit is located today, is when one of those uttermost parts of the earth. They didn't even know this part existed back then, but because they followed the Lord, they stayed there. I, I'm sure that it wasn't an easy thing because 120 people in one little room, they couldn't have any social distances, distancing in that room because it was too small. I, I've been to where it was at, and it's not that big a place. But at the same time, 120 were there. They stayed night and day fasting. Now, when you get into a fast, sometime that second day, people get a little irritable. Sometimes that's, it doesn't fit so well whenever they begin to get hungry. And here they're still worshiping the Lord. But somehow God kept them focused because they had decided to follow the, the word of the master when he said, go to that upper room and stay there until you are endued with the power of God from on high. Now let me just tell you, they stayed seven to ten days before the Holy Spirit fell some people think that you have to, have to wait for the Holy Spirit till the Lord is ready. Let me tell you this. He's an ever-present help. He spoke out of Joel some 800 years before this happening. And he says, I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And now Jesus is saying, it's time for that prophetic word to come to pass. And so they stayed in that upper room. And they stayed until the power of God came into that room. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with all with one accord in one place. They had a reason to be divided. Some say, well, we didn't do it this way in my country, or we didn't do it this way in my city, or we didn't do it this way in my home when I was growing up, and everybody could have a different way. But they decided to be in one mind and one accord. And it was not their mind, nor your mind, nor my mind, but it's his mind. His mind. The, uh, Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, or I beg you, brethren and sisters, to, to present your bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. How do, how do we get a new mind? By, by accepting the mind of the Lord. Hallelujah. They were with one, one, in one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly there came a sound. I'm, I'm telling you, God nearly always operates with a sound. Sometimes it's a voice. There's many voices you can hear, and they will argue, and they will debate, and they'll cause all kinds of division about who is right and who's wrong. The only sound we need to hear is the sound of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes he comes in different sounds. Sometimes a still small voice. Sometimes more than that. Here, suddenly there come a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. If you can imagine that wind come down from heaven and come into that room and began to blow in that room and they could hear, they could hear the results of that wind blowing. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set upon each one of them the fire of, the, of God began to burn. I don't know if you've received the Holy Spirit yet. If not, I hope you receive it today. But at the same time, I remember when I received the Holy Spirit. I had a burning inside of me like there was a fire set inside of me. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 1 says it's like a fire and a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And the fire is like in the middle of a whirlwind, Ezekiel said. As he prophesied about what this happened, I felt that fire. I'm feeling it right now inside of me. I feel the heat of the Lord inside of me even right now. There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance, spoke in another language, powerful and wonderful. Down to the 14th verse, the Bible says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, Standing up with 11, raised his voice. Now they're out on Solomon's porch. See, they came out and they began to dance and shout and worship the Lord. You know, when you worship the Lord, I don't know, I don't care if you sit and worship him quietly like this or you want to get wild and crazy when you worship him. Just worship him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. With everything that is within me. They come out on that upper room. I mean on that outer porch. Solomon's porch. And there were people there. All from everywhere. They, they, they came from all of these other nations. Why? To come in to celebrate the feast of Pentecost. They didn't know about this Holy Spirit. All they saw is a bunch of people. Acting like they were drunk. And Peter stands up with them. And he said men of Judea. And all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk like you suppose. Seeing it's only nine o'clock in the morning and the beer joints hadn't opened up yet. That's what he was saying. It's too early to be drunk with wine or whatever. For these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, saying, what did we read a while ago? It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Peter says, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, saying, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And upon your men servant." And your maidservants, I will pour out my spirit on in these days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show you wonders. There's those wonders again. I will show you wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. The signs are already coming. The wonders are about to begin, guys. 
It's a new time in the Lord. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. He began to speak to them. Later on in the 36th uh, verse, he said, they, they asked him, what shall they be, be, do to be saved? Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to their hearts. They were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, men and brethren, what can we do? What can we do? Peter was very explicit in what he told them. He said, first of all, repent. If you want the Spirit of God, you got to repent. That means cut off the old. Ask God to forgive you in the old way of life and begin to turn and walk with the Lord. Go on a whole new pathway. Repent. Peter said to them, repent and every one of you be baptized, buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says in the King James and a lot of other translations, it says, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The next verse says, for this promise, that's what we're talking about today, is the release of the promises of God. He wants to, every promise that he's given you, he wants to make it come true to you, to, with you today. He says, for this promise is to you, to your children, and to all that are far off. And the old King James says, as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is a misprint. You go back to the original Greek, and it says, for this promise is to you and to your children and all that are far off, as many as shall call upon the Lord our God. See, that's different, isn't it? All the way through the prophecies, it says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord our God shall be saved. And now it, his word actually agrees with it when he says, for this promise is to you and to your children and all that are far off, as many as shall call upon the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're included in that? Hallelujah. That's powerful. I want to talk to you about a little history of, in, in the last part of the message, a little history about this. See, at, there was all kinds of persecution that happened to the, to the church after this. On this particular day, when, they, when Peter preached this message, read on down a little further, 3,000 people got filled with the Holy Ghost that day. 3,000 that day. A couple of days later, 3,000 more. Then 5,000. As many as 80,000 people in Jerusalem filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Powerful things happen. That outpouring, where the Word says, I will pour my Spirit out. It began to happen. After that, the Roman, the Roman Empire began to persecute the church. And I'm talking about serious persecution. They would kill the Christians. Anyone that said they were, <coughs> excuse me. Anyone that said they were a Christian, they would kill them. They would kill them on sight. They would sometimes hide in the catacombs under Rome. 
They would, those, the big caves that were dug under Rome. And they would run down here and have quick church down here because the soldiers would be coming. And as you hear them get closer, then they would leave and they would go to another place. And they ran, but they were killed over and over. The Olympic Stadium was used a lot for killing Christians. They would bring Christians in and turn them loose with lions, hungry lions in that stadium and watch them tear the Christians limb for limb. And that was their sport for the day. It went on and on where they were killing Christians. They, they got to notice and the more Christians they killed, the more was born. It was growing and, and, and they couldn't control it. Constantine was the emperor of Rome in 313 AD, some 280 years after the, the happening of the outpouring the Holy Spirit. And he, as he, 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 he began to watch and see how Christians were multiplying, they couldn't kill them off fast enough. And he decided, we're going to approach this from a different standpoint. You can read this in your history books. You can Google it or whatever. In 313 AD, they had a Nicene council. And at that Nicene council, they decided that they wasn't going to persecute the Christians anymore that they all were going to become Christians. And, and, and Constantine decided to join the church. And he did. Now they call Peter their first pope, but the beginning of this new church happened in 313 AD and Peter had been bad, dead for three, 275 years. And so he never knew this church, you know, to be exact with you. Never, never. But he joined the church. But he says there's certain new rules and regulations Number one, I'm taking up all the Bibles because people are too ignorant to understand the Word of God on their own. And if you want to know what's in the Bible, you come to the monks and you ask them and they're scholars and they can explain it to you. And, and that's, that church was begun on those premises. The other thing that, that they had a, a real strong rule on, this all happened because that man Jesus. We know and we heard about what happened whenever he came to this earth and how he was raised, and all the people thought it was so wonderful. And he's the one that's caused all this trouble. See, sometimes when trouble comes, it doesn't just come for no reason. Sometimes the troubling in the water happens because the Lord has allowed it, because he has a purpose in those things sometimes. But, it, but at this particular time, they started the church, which is called the Catholic Church. And they started it, the Christians dwindled down to where there were hardly any that was true blue Christians anymore. We went into the dark ages, but all during the dark ages, you can find historical accounts of true blue, God-loving, Jesus-loving Christians still staying true to the Word of God. Sometimes they only had one page out of the Bible. They would pass it and exchange it with others so that they could keep the Word of God going all through the dark ages. But there was uh, some happenings that happened. Martin Luther, even in the time, uh, uh, he was one of the monks, but he began to read the word himself, and he read where the just shall live by faith. And, and he wasn't perfect in his ways either, but he did make a proclamation that there was a change began to happen, and the Christians began to come back together. There was other reformations and things that happened. But the outpouring of the Holy Spirit seemed like a thing of the past and something that would only happen on the day of Pentecost back when. And some, some denominations even began to preach that, that it was only for them and not for us. 
But here in America, at the turn of the 19th the, the century, the, the, the 20th century, in, the, at 1900, I'll say it right in a minute, but right at the turn of 1899 to 1900, there was a Bible school up in Topeka, Kansas, and they were teaching the Word, and they began to read, and they, they read about this, the Holy Spirit, and they began to fast, and they were fasting some 30 days until the turn of the century happened. And they began to pray and seek the Lord. And just about the time of the 12 o'clock, whenever the turn of the century happened, the Holy Spirit, this same Holy Spirit that Joel prophesied about, that showed up on the day of Pentecost with the disciples and the 120, the same Holy Spirit blew into that little room and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. A little Methodist Bible school led by a, a pastor named Charles Parham and the Holy Spirit was poured out to that whole group. They were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The first happening of any group of that happening in the United States of America. I, I, you, do you think it happened by accident on that particular time? No, God has times and seasons for everything. Number one, they were studying the Word. Number two, they were fasting and cutting away from the things of the flesh. Number three, they were praising and magnifying God. And just as the new century came in, they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Powerful happening and new beginning. I actually met one of the Parham daughters one time. I actually have a, a church pew at my house that came out of that little Bible school that my father got for me back when he was starting a church in Kansas. So it's, it's special. Those are little side points, but it's special. After that, Charles Parham went to Houston and started a, a, a school of the Holy Spirit in Houston, and they began to teach about the Holy Spirit. They invited pastors to come in so they could teach them about the Holy Spirit. There was a black man out of Los Angeles, California named William Seymour, and he took him two to three months to make it to Houston trying to get there for the school of the Holy Spirit. He went through horseback. He went through everything to get to Houston to hear about the, the, the word of the Holy Spirit. See, you can read these scriptures, but if you don't know somebody that it's happened to, you don't know if it's really for us today or not. And he wanted to know for sure. So he arrives at Houston to go to the Bible school and, and began to learn about the move of the Holy Spirit. When he got there, they said, okay, you can come and listen, but you, you can't come inside with the white folks because you're not white, and, and we can't allow you to come in here. And they let him sit outside the door and listen through a closed door about the move of the Holy Spirit. You know, this thing of prejudice and injustice didn't just start today, and it didn't start last week. But there's been all kinds. But this was a man of God. Says, whatever it takes, I've got to know the truth. If it comes from, from a white man or if it comes from a black man, it doesn't matter if they're white, black, pink, or purple. I just want to know what my Lord has for me. Hallelujah. Many of those that listened to this school of the Holy Spirit were filled with the Holy Spirit. William Seymour was not because evidently he was kind of cut out to the side. 
He made his way back to the to the to Los Angeles with the fire burning inside of him, saying, I've got to know, I've got to know that this is right. And he goes back. He was pastoring a little Methodist church back in, in LA. And he and he began to preach what he learned about the Holy Spirit. He hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet, but he began to teach about it, and they invited him to leave. So he got cut off again. And he goes to his home and he starts praying and, 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 and learning about the Holy Spirit. And he invited some neighbors and they began to come in and, and learn about the Holy Spirit. And, and as he, they did, they, they said that there was actually historical accounts of, of fire emergencies turned in on his house because people saw fire coming out of the top of his house because they were baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit and that with fire. Hallelujah. And it began to grow. And it wasn't just black people coming into this home. It was people from all colors. It's, that particular part of L.A. was a melting pot of the world. There was people from every nation in that area. And they all began to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It got so big they moved it into the yard. And bigger than that, they rented a horse stable. And they moved it there down on Azusa Street. You've heard of Azusa Street Revival. It was birthed even out of much prejudice and injustice. But God, he has a way to blow right past those things. See, God loves everybody the same. There is no difference in man, no matter what color we are, where we come from, how poor we come into this world or whatever. God has a plan for your life today. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost began to pour out. It got so big, it was in the streets. It was everywhere. Well, the guys from Houston heard about what was happening, and they began to make their way, the ministers that started this, and they started making their way to, to L.A. to see what was happening. And they got there, and they could not believe their eyes because there were people that was white, black, brown, yellow, all nations, everybody, all in this move of God together. And it began to just flow everywhere, even out into churches and everywhere else. But the cause of religious teachings and other things, they began to try to put a damper on what was happening because of the move of the Holy Spirit. We taught a message many years ago called God, Jesus, dreamed about America. He dreamed right there about America. Let me tell you what happened from that. They began to split it up. And they began to put, make all of these people go to different churches in different places. And, and the blacks go over here and the whites go over here. There was denominations that was started like the, the AG and, and, and the, uh, you know, some of the black organizations and all. They started out of that as that broke up. And yeah, there's good things happen and whatever. But God dreamed about America becoming one together. And just like they were in the upper room, one mind. One accord in one place, magnifying and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This move of God, it went on for about eight, about eight or nine years, but it, be, it began to die out and it become controlled. Our little group, your little group, mine over here, you don't like, you don't like to do stuff like I do, so you can't be over here. You, you're not my color or you're not this or that. And they began to, to separate, segregate, put, put everything back in its place. 
The Azusa Street Revival mostly died by 1916, started in 1908. 1918, a pandemic that was much bigger than what we just experienced happened all over the world. The Spanish flu hit. 50 million people died. 50 million people died. You know, sometimes God's got a plan and people mess it up, but I'm telling you, God's got another plan. He has another plan. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even for today, I believe when we sung and prayed a while ago, I believe healing started flowing across America. I believe that people's minds began to change. That yes, we want justice. We want, we want things to be done right. But we want to do it God's way. We want God to do it. Can you imagine what happened? What, it, what will happen as the Holy Spirit begins to flow? Flow behind walls, whether they're denominational walls or religious walls or political walls or whatever. And the Holy Ghost began to flow. Hallelujah. See, I don't know about you. It, it might get quiet when we get to talking too much about personal things and things that affect us individually. But I'm going to tell you, all I want is what the Lord wants for this nation and for this world. I believe God wants to come, come and even now pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And He wants to begin with you. And I don't know how, what kind of an experience you've had, where you're listening from. People are listening from all over the world to this these broadcast and whatever. I don't know where you're at now and where you're actually at with the Lord, but God's got a plan to begin to move in your heart and life even today. It's a new and a fresh move that he wants to move in, in your life. I want to read one scripture over at, out of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, the fourth ch chapter. And I'm going to start with the seventh verse. I've intended the eighth, but I'm going to start with the seventh. You all know me. I can't hardly read one scripture of anything. I like to read the whole thing. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, okay, this above all things. He's saying be serious, be watchful in your prayers. Quit praying prayers that are called misses. You know what a, a prayer that's called a miss is? If I, if I, if I prayed for uh, Brother George or somebody to lose their billfold so I could find it, that would be a miss, wouldn't it? That's a myth. But sometimes we pray stupid prayers. What we need to pray is the prayer of the Lord. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. All these things that he has told us to pray, let's begin to pray like the prayer of the Lord. <coughs> and then you'll get deeper. When you get into the spiritual prayer, the Bible says sometimes we'll pray so deep in the spirit that we'll begin to groan and moan and nobody can even understand what we're saying and we don't care because we're totally tuned in with the Lord and with what he wants us to pray. And when we begin to pray, the Bible says when Zion or the church travails, then sons and daughters will be born into the kingdom of God. And above all things, have fervent love one for another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. 
You know, you can, I've dealt, talked with someone the other day, all they wanted to talk about is all the rules their church has set up and that they want everybody else to live just by it. And if you're not, they can find why you're not and they condemn you and all of those, above all things, have fervent, that means hot, love one for another. Love will cover a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and forever. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of y'all really want to have that hot love that God wants to give us? Hallelujah. How many are you ready to move to a higher place with the Lord today? Let's stand on our feet right now. i just like if you're listening in your home or wherever, why don't you just stand on your feet to honor God right now? Hallelujah. You know, God's a good God. I was in a home yesterday of, of some older people. And, you know, I don't call myself older, but I, they were older people. But anyway, we were, we were there ministering and whatever and, and praying for the sick. And God began to speak. And we began to pray. And the Holy Ghost came into that room and convicted hearts. And both of these people give their heart to the Lord yesterday. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I didn't go there for that, but God has a plan. But see, we have to submit ourselves to Him. He don't care where we've been, what we've done. He don't care where, what's happened yesterday. And the feelings you have or whatever you, you have been upset with or you agree with or you don't agree with, it doesn't matter. Just All we need to do is just agree with the Holy Spirit today. Now, the Holy Spirit is not something that's magical. The Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, they're the same. They're, they're called both in the New Testament. Holy is that that comes from God. So if it's not from God, it's not holy. You can't dress nice enough to be holy. You know, some people, I grew up in a church called holiness, and they had to dress a certain way to be holy. But a whole lot of them weren't holy. You just cross them a little bit and you'd see. Some were, but that doesn't make you holy. All holiness comes from Him. He wants to come and live inside us. But we really, sometimes we don't really invite Him. Sometimes we have imposters sitting in here on our heart. And He's not going to come in with that. We have to ask them to leave. We don't want you in our house anymore. Guilt. Dishonesty. Hate, bitterness, whatever it is. He said, but I have a right to be bitter. Bitter is more dangerous than cancer. Do you have a right to have cancer? That's what you're saying. See, God don't want us to have bitterness. He said, I'll forgive you of all the past, but the same measure that you forgive others. All of us have been hurt and disappointed. 
sometimes by mates or sometimes by family and sometimes by friends and sometimes by others. God says, I can forgive you if you forgive them. I'm telling you, when you forgive and release everyone, it opens your heart up. It cleans out those things so the Holy Spirit, holy is that that comes from God. Ghost is the spirit of the departed one. When we were talking about Jesus telling his disciples to go to the upper room, he was standing out on the mount about ready to go back to be with the Father. And he told them, go stay in that upper room because I'm going to come back not just to dwell with you this time. I'm not going to walk right beside you. See, I'm telling you when the Holy Spirit comes inside you, it's much more powerful than if Jesus himself was standing right here beside me. He gets inside you. He said, go to that upper room, stay till you get the Holy Spirit. Because I'm coming back not to just walk with you, but I'm going to dwell inside you. Hallelujah. When we were singing a while ago, Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. That's so sweet. That's so powerful. He's waiting to come into each of our hearts and lives. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. Let's raise our hands to the Father again. I want us to pray together right now. Everybody that's listening, wherever you're at right now, pray with us right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm calling on your name just like you told me to. I call on your name, Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my past. Release me of those hurts. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I forgive everyone who's hurt me. Yeah, them too. I forgive everyone who's hurt me and disappointed me. I release them right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I forgive you for any time I've said, why, Lord? You're perfect in all of your ways. Now, Lord, I forgive myself. And I release myself from all my past. I'm not going to live in condemnation any longer. And I, I accept your forgiveness now, Jesus. Cleanse me from all unforgiveness. I confess you are my Lord and Savior, Jesus. Come in in the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Hey, we hope this bless you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. We'll see you next time.